Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's time to go inside the front office of the Athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. The general manager of your Oakland Athletics, David Forst. Unfortunately, David, you, you're 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 in on we're we're talking walk-up songs right now. How are you? <laughs> um, I was wondering which conversation I was listening in on. I'm doing fine. How are you, Chris? Uh, line of the year, Lou Trevino. I was asking him about walk-up songs, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm just not a banana guy." <laughs> <laughs> it's been uh, it's been quite a controversial first two months for Mark with that song. I don't know why. Uh, I, I, I love it. I, I love that. I mean, it was really Josh Reddick who started with Careless Whisper, where it was like, you know, and Eric Burns with the outfield. I mean, some of these are just, they're classics and they're funny, and the fans love it. I, I, I will say, Like a Virgin got an extended play the other night during a, uh, a mound visit, and, and uh, being a parent, I was a little worried about some of the the young kids in the ballpark. But then I remembered that it was, I was eight years old in 1984 and I listened to it on the radio. So it must've been okay. (laughs) I know it's it's taken us back a long, long way. Well, how how, how are you feeling right now? We're in June. How are you feeling about your club? Uh, Well, you caught me after a rough night. So uh, we kind of go day to day around here, but uh, big picture, you know, we're, we're, we're playing well. We had a good road trip, took two out of three in both spots and, uh, starting pitching is, is keeping us in the game pretty much every night, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, how hard is that for you? And, I mean, we can go back to Moneyball where Billy Bean can't even watch games and he's got to work out while the game's going on. How do you keep that perspective and not live and die by every game, every pitch? Ooh, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, look, I, I've had a lot of years of, of practice, so I, I would hope I'm better at it now than I was you know, five, 10, 20 years ago. Um, and, and part of it is, is you remember how long the season is. And, um, you know, we got a little out of practice last year because in a 60 game season, it did feel like every night was, was critical. Um, but you try and step back in 162 game season and you're not, you know, you're not going to win 160 of them. You're probably not going to win 120 of them. So, um, you have to, you have to realize, not every night is going to be exactly what you drew up and exactly how you expect it to go. And, um, and there are, you know, there are some benefits to, to a loss. Maybe the bullpen gets some rest. Maybe a guy gets out of the game early and it helps them the next day. Or um, maybe, you know, maybe even your starter gets some, you know, gets a shorter outing and it helps him the next time out. So it's a normal, 
the normal ebb and flow of the season. So you, you, yeah, you really have to condition yourself not to not to blow up every night or not to not to be super excited every night and just just realize what we're in for here all the way through the end of September. So yesterday up here in our box, we were watching you, Bob Belvin, and Nick Paparesta, head athletic trainer. The three of you were talking, and I'm like, I guarantee they're talking about Ramon Laureano. Am I right, and what are you hearing? <laughs> Ramon was part of that conversation, no doubt about it. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just catching up on, on the other IL guys as well, but Ramon's the closest to coming back, and he's the most pressing issue right now, so – um, yeah, I think the plan will be for him to face JB on Monday and uh, get some get some live pitching, get some swings, and then after that, I think we'll determine whether whether he goes to Vegas to to play a game or two. Whether uh, you know he's got to run the bases here, also all those sort of check marks that you you got to do for the training staff. But um, but bottom line is we're, we're getting close here on Ramon, and that's a good feeling. And just how tough is that? Because I take these calls in the postgame show, and they're like, well, when's he coming back? I'm like, this type of injury, if you're talking about a groin or you're talking about a hamstring or you're talking about a calf, you can have all the rehab you want, David, but the key really is just rest. That's how you're going to heal the fastest, right? For sure, for sure. And, and you know, Ramon had the injection last week with Dr. Philippone, and that, that speeds things up a little bit. But it also – it also depends on the guy and, and you know, you don't, you don't have to see Ramon a lot to, to, to know how he plays. You watch him one night and, and you get a feel for what speed he goes at. And, and that is a factor too, is because, you know, when Ramon Laureano gets back in a game at seven o'clock at night with his adrenaline running, he's going a hundred percent. There's just no, there's no holding them back. It's different. If you have a guy, uh, you know, I'll say like a, a Mitch Moreland who's DHing who you know can, is a veteran and can sort of pace himself a little bit. He's not going to run 100 miles out of the box every time. And, and, and that is a factor in when you let a guy go back out there because, trust me, the last thing in the world that Nick wants is for Ramon to go out there. We cleared him. We activate him. And first or second time out of the box, uh-oh, he's limping down to first, and we got to start this process all over again. So it's just – it, it it probably takes more time than a lot of the, the fans want. They want him out there. Um, but trust me, we do too, and, and we want him to stay out there once he's back. And what you're talking about, we saw with our old friend Josh Donaldson, came back from the calf and booked it down the first baseline. Next thing you know, he's lipping and he's out again. So, yeah, we, we do not want that at all. David, there are some – rules that let's just say I don't agree with. I don't know if you saw the Astros and Boston where Carlos Correa goes out to center field and ends up missing the ball, but they call infield fly rule. I know the letter of the law says the call was right, but if there's ever a guy out in center field dropping the ball and you're calling infield fly rule, I, I to me that's just archaic. Did you see that play? Yeah, I I did actually see the play, yeah, and I think it was uh, Devers who hit it. And yeah, I mean, look, you've got a, a subjective uh, interpretation on the book. It, it, I think it specifically says in the judgment of the umpire, it's a routine play. Well, as soon as you write that down, you're going to leave yourself open. And uh, I, I don't know how windy it was or, or what, but it clearly you watched that play. That was not uh, it was not a, a uh, an easy play for any infielder and yeah I mean those those things happen some would argue that's 
kind of the beauty of the game that you see something like that, you know, every night maybe you haven't seen before. But, yeah, I know what you're saying. That leads me to last night's game and Frankie Montas. I, I hate the catcher's interference rule. I It's just – it's it's too penal. You're putting a guy on first. You're giving a catcher an error. It's like in basketball. You go to Warrior games. Like, you pass it and the defender kicks it. Okay. You're going to take the ball out, blow the whistle. It's not like you say, okay, now you get a free layup. I mean, I, I just don't understand it. And I got educated today that it was our own Connie Mack who caused this rule years ago in the 1800s. This rule is so archaic that you got to go back to the 1800s. I just, what do you think about a play like that where, you know, Solaire's done this so many times and now he's getting a free, he's getting a free base. I just, I, what do you think? Man, you, you have never sounded more like a former pitcher, Chris, in, <laughs> in, uh, in breaking down that rule. Man, um, I don't know. I guess I hadn't given it a, a whole lot of thought. I didn't realize that, uh, that it was Connie who did that, uh, who put it on the books. That, you know, it, it doesn't come up that often. Obviously, the wrinkle last night was that it wasn't called at home plate, and then, you know, it's subject to review, and that, that kind of bit us. Um, I, I just I was a little more focused on, you know, the whole inning as it, as, you know, as it pertains to Frankie. He gives up the, the base hit to lead off, and then the catcher's interference. He gets, the, you know, gets strikeout Perez, and then, you know, gets a ground ball, which was admittedly a really tough play, but we've gotten we've gotten spoiled here watching Matt Chapman make really tough plays. And you know, in an in an alternate universe, Frankie's out of that inning a lot earlier, and the game ends up different. So that was unfortunate. Yeah, I know. Whenever Matt doesn't make a play like that, you're just kind of shocked because he is so good. But in the month of June, your starters have the best ERA. Just speak to that, what that means, that your pitchers are going deeper now and, and you're getting much more quality innings. It, it's, it's everything. It's the reason we are where we are. And, I, yeah, like I said a few minutes ago, if, if you have you have a starter that keeps you in the game every night, um, good things are going to happen. You're going you're gonna to end up nine or ten games over at this point. You're going to end up in first place because – uh, it just it creates such a bigger margin for everyone else. If the offense, you know, isn't going the first time through the lineup, it gives them a chance to get another look at the starter. If you, you know, you kick a ball early, maybe give up a run, you know that your guy has the ability to shut it down from there on out, and again, give the hitters time to catch up. So it's it's been huge. I mean, Emo does such a good job game planning and doing the advance work with these guys, and and. And you see them putting in the work between starts. I saw Cap out there running yesterday. I saw, uh, you know, Bassett throwing his side, working on pitches. It's just, you know, our fans only get to see them every five days. But, but it's the other four days where the work gets put in. And, and these guys certainly deserve the success they're having. So when you're looking at a player who's played a lot and, and, and has been running around a lot, I think of a guy like Mark Canna, but but you need him right now so much with Ramon being out. How do you decide when and and when not to give a guy a break who's been out on his feet running around a lot out there? It's it's a huge part of, of what Bob looks at every day. And uh, and Canna's absolutely the guy. I don't know if, if it's just coincidence that you mentioned him, but we have this, this workload report that we put together after every series. Sam Schultz, one of our analysts here, takes the StatCast data, puts together – literally the, the mileage covered by each of our guys when they're running uh, max effort versus not. And, and Canna between his work in the outfield, between being on base 
more than anybody else in the lineup, he's at the top of that workload sheet every series. And, and, um, and Bob is constantly aware of it and constantly trying to get these guys days off their feet. And, and, you know, part of, part of the DH situation is, is making that possible. Obviously Mitch is in there just about every time against right-handers, but, you know, when you have a left-handed pitcher and you've got a rotating DH spot, it gets Jed a day off his feet. It gets Canna out of the, you know, out of the outfield. When Ramon's active, it gets Ramon a day maybe where he doesn't have to run into a wall or two. So it's it's a huge part of today's game. I think we're we're really lucky to have the Statcast data that we have, and we know every every second how fast these guys are running, how much ground they cover. They're, you know, they're essentially they're leaving a trail behind them out there in the outfield that we're able to follow. And um, it's it's a big part of the manager's job. Bob's done a great job with it this year, with keeping guys fresh, keeping them healthy, and knowing you know when to kind of pull the brakes on some of these guys. I'm so glad you brought that up because to me that's fascinating. I mean that 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 is really qual quality data. And we we first started seeing this in the NBA when they put those cameras on top of the ceiling and they're looking down at the players and you could get two players who both play, let's just say, 30 minutes a night, but one guy might run way more than the other guy and way harder than the other guy. So those two 30 minutes, uh, they're not equal. No, you're right. And, and yeah, guys, you know, again, you can see it subjectively. You see the way... Ramon plays or Canna plays and how hard they go. But to have to have the objective data to back it up has been huge. I've, I've been really impressed with what our analysts have done and working with the performance staff. Josh Cuffey, our, our strength coach, can, he tailors these guys' workouts to, based on how much they've, they've worked in the game. I mean, he's not going to run everybody the same pregame or, or work them out in the gym the same you know, because they're not working the same out on the field. So our, our group has done a really good job using that data I think, to our players' advantage. You know, they've been talking about in baseball how there's a lot of injuries. But, I mean, I kind of look back, there's always injuries. We're dealing with human beings who are playing a professional sport every single day. But just what you guys have, are you seeing ramifications from just the 60-game the season last year to now going full bore, or is there no evidence to support that? I think we're seeing it a little bit and the, the way guys are recovering. I, th I think we know the, you know, the really hard part is probably still coming. It's when we get into July and August, which are typically the dog days anyways, um, I think, I think we'll see more of it. And, and, and look, we, you know, to be totally honest, we've been lucky. I mean, we've had our share of injuries, but you look at teams out there with 15, 16 guys at a time on the IL. I know, I know Farhan's boys across the Bay have a pretty big injured list and, uh, and they're weathering it. So it, it's out there, and I think where there's more to come. But, um, again, you go back to this idea of managing the workload, too. I mean, Bob's adjusted uh, over the years, and, and we're not taking early BP as much. We're, we're not hitting, you know, other than in the cage on day games. I mean, he's managed the way that, that he gets these guys ready, too, just based on based on all those things. Everything goes into it. Yeah, some days I got to have throat lozenges. Some days I need tea. I mean, we all got to work around this going every day. Uh, one of my favorite television shows of all time was X-Files. I love conspiracies. Whenever they have something on the Discovery Channel, whatever, I'm all in. And Pete Alonzo comes out and talks about how they're changing the baseball to rig it against free agents. If there's a, And I'm not going to ask you about that, but Zach Scott, they're like interim GM has to respond to that. 
Well, I mean, a player's conspiracies, free agency, equipment, I just can't think that's good for our game. <laughs> I saw I saw the comments. I did not see poor Zach Scott having to answer for that because I, you know, putting myself in his position, I have no idea what I would say. But um, but yeah, there's some there's some wild stuff out there, and we you and I have talked about the baseball, and uh, and guys have ideas about that, and certainly everything else that's going on in the news this week. But um, but yeah, I mean, you you always want to keep the focus on the field, you know, what the guys are doing between the lines. When 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 we're talking about the industry, the game as a whole, you want to sell the positives to the fans. You want them to come out and believe in what they're seeing and, and enjoy the experience. So. Uh, you know, hopefully some of that stuff fades to the background as we as we get further in the season and start talking pennant races and the things that matter. You know, one thing that, and we'll end on this, is that if you want to talk about why you should be tuning into baseball every single night, is the amount of talent that we have in this sport, the amount of young talent, the athleticism. In your long career, have you ever seen a more talented young group since you've been in the big leagues? It's been going that direction for a while now, and, and you're right. We, we've got some incredible young players. I know, you know, everything. Every website I looked at today was hyping the Degrom versus Tatis matchup in New York tonight, um, and there it seems like there's stuff like that every night. Whoever Vlad's facing, or you know, Juan Soto's a little under the radar now because the Nationals are are lower in the standings, but but he might be as good a player as we've seen in the last decade, and it just it is. It's a great time to sell the game to people, and hopefully, hopefully, we're able to do that and, and get together with the players to do it because there, there are a lot of fun performances to watch, like you said, on, on a nightly basis. So, if you're you're on deck and they're calling your name, are we going hard rock? Are we going soft? Are we going country? <laughs> uh, Cody talked about hair rock in the '80s, maybe doing a ballad. What, what are you doing going to the plate? Man, I, I never have a good answer to this question. My my musical tastes are, are of about a 65-year-old guy right now. And you check my uh, XM. I've got Tom Petty Radio, Springsteen Radio, Pearl Jam Radio. So I, I don't... Uh, I don't have a great answer for that. I, I wish I had had the chance to have walk-up music somewhere, but uh, never quite got that far to uh, to make it. I would like Tom Petty. <laughs> I think Tom Petty would be solid. <laughs> All right, I'll think I'll think of a better answer. Look through my uh, Tom Petty anthology and see what I can come up with. Great stuff as always. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll talk to you next Friday. All right, see you, Chris. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.